You are listening to Let's Go, the weekly anime podcast about weekly anime from Dynamite in the Brain and Secret of the Sailor Madness. So come along and hang with the Let's Go gang. It's Dwayne. How are you? Niall's not here. He's making sure the Olympics stay on the air. And it's me, Brian. And on this episode. It's, it's a lot easier to social distance from Tokyo yes. to England. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, on this episode, we are covering anime that aired the week of the 18th to the 24th of July, 2021, with the exception of half the things we'll be talking about, because we're playing catch-up on uh, a bunch of Netflix stuff. Uh, mm. So, the first thing this week will be the thing from the furthest back in time, and that is Great Pretender. We're still in Act 2, and we're going to be talking about Parts 3 and 4 of Singapore Sky. Um, in which the jumbled memories of Abby all are sort of laid out in the correct order within these two episodes. So yeah. it mm. turns out that what we thought, what I thought was happening last week, was actually not what's happening because we were seeing parts of different scenes. And so, yes, order. her yeah. parents were killed during the 2003 bombing of Baghdad. Mm. Uh, and she was a she was at some ballet recital, which she yes. won a medal in. So, yeah. very happy kid that is um, radicalized pretty quickly when your parents get fucking exploded. I imagine, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and I, as mm. I, it, it's done quite well, but also to the point where I was like, I, man, I'd love someone to have the guts to do a Batman where. Oh, he's from yes. like the Middle East. Yes. Rather than, so rather yeah, than uh, sure. a robber robbing his parents for jewels, it was uh, the American government bombing his parents for oil. Mm-hmm. Um, Americans are a superstitious and cowardly lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but that, that's slow birds throughout because you see that she's got some sort of connection with uh, Lucas, the pilot, who she's mm. replacing as part of their uh, scam. Um, at first it feels like she's like sees a kindred spirit in him, and I guess it sort of is, but yeah. also... It's someone who like bears the physical scares of the shit he's been through more, um, and also someone who like couldn't sit back and like, hey, just, just lose this one for the team. Someone who had to, like, who had this desire to win, because that's something that's been shown in yes. her, in the piloting specifically as well. And yeah. also by the end of part four is also, we learned earlier that he's like, I'm not going to help you con him if you're not going to kill him. And it's like, they're also yeah, driven. Like, I want you to raise the whole fucking thing to the ground, but I don't mind my wife helping you out. Yeah. You know. uh, whereas, yes, by the end of episode, part four of this story is, yeah, Abby's getting ready to kill him if he says mm. that he was a uh, bomber pilot in 2003. I, I, I figured it was something like that because like her focus and it, it does it at the, it does it in part three. Um, but it also like starts part four with that again, where she's asking, Hey, give me his file. Cause obviously you research this pilot to do this scam properly, that kind of thing. And she wants his military record. And I was like, he's a white guy. Uh, what military was he in? <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, you can kind of like draw the pieces together, and that is the fucking case. She's like, uh, "Did you bomb Baghdad in March two thousand and what was it two? Two thousand three. Two thousand three. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. Um, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> that you might actually be able to get revenge on something that's so like abstract, nearly um, killed by people who are never going to see your face, kind yeah. of thing. 
Mm. Um, so that's the 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 dark dramatic aspect of these two episodes. But the rest of it is pure scamming. Ah, oh, it's it's the good shit. Um, it was also nice to like where your one tries her feminine wiles and him again is like I am gonna fucking entice him with the titty I have to do this she's just kind of fucking focused on that um, and we have our boy um, the, our, their Japanese recruit uh, going like uh, I need you to call me in a few favours and he calls in some of the old people who slash he worked with slash fucked him over yes. um, in order to do a decent scam and I was like oh this is really good yeah great stuff uh, yeah it's uh it's a, basically they're trying to get him on as part of uh, the uh, maintenance crew on Clark's plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, seemingly to do this, they've kidnapped an iguana from one of the mechanics. Like that, just hearing that side story is like, oh, Ra- Ralph Farrell. I've forgotten the name of the iguana. Um, it's just like he's gone missing. It's like, what? What are you talking about? It's like my iguana. You're just overhearing this conversation. This is really weird. And part of what I was enjoying about this one is I assume, like, everyone's fucking lying constantly. And just to see, like, random guy whose iguana went missing that he needs to take a plane home to fucking sort out for whatever reason. And then the other guys are like, oh, hi, it's showing up. And then a bunch of other guys. It's very, like, a stage play, like people walking yes. on and off. Um, it's it's fabulously done because, like, you're seeing the falseness of it now for, for what it is. So just to see, like, interstage left, interstage right and exit that way. And it's just fantastic stuff. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of like Sam knows that Edamur is conning them, but because he knows he's conning him, he's then fascinated in him, and then which seems to be part of the plan, because that's the thing to drop. It's like, oh, the reason I'm doing this is because I bet a load of money on the underground casino. And that's um, and that's that's the thing which Sam's suddenly interested. He's like, okay, this Edamura guy, he's as dodgy as me, and he's got this Extra dodgy scheme. But the thing is, yeah, <laughs> that I want to be See, in. Yeah, on the, the, the 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 thing is, he doesn't trust this guy. This like, it's like we don't want to hire like a, a new guy right before like the finals and shit. That's that's gonna fuck us over. We can't trust this guy, even though the pilot's like, I totally trust him. I still don't trust that pilot. I still fucking think he might know shit that's up inside. I don't know. Mind. I still feel like I still feel, they're definitely playing him more innocent because there's like the yeah there's the one yeah. thing when the wife of Lewis shows up, Sam takes a very long time to turn around and speak to her. Like he's having to compose himself and figure out what's he gonna say that's not gonna that's not gonna seem unpleasant, not gonna give away the fact that he sabotaged the plane. Whereas yeah, Clark's yeah. instantly open and friendly and like part of what I was thinking is maybe that Clark is actually in on the scam to some extent. So he's like, hey person who's in on the scam, how are you doing? Come on, give me a hug kind of thing. That, like, maybe he feels some guilt over fucking ruining this guy's racing career, so he's trying to ruin his brother's fucking thing, but he can't he can't quite stop racing, or something. It makes me think there's another fucking level to him, but maybe he is just a fucking dumb pretty guy. Yeah, I think he well, might just know. be a dumb pretty guy. He's good at flying airplanes. Uh, it could be. It could be that fucking simple. But um, I, I like I really like the idea that he doesn't trust Edamura um, initially, but what he when he like the fake thing that they set up is like oh he owes a lot of fucking money because it's not that he was in he was a mechanic for the uh, disgraced or the heavily injured fucking pilot um it's that he he put a lot of money on him to win and egged him on to win so that he would win a shitload of money because the odds were in his favor um and therefore he owes a lot of money he's like 
So that's why you're dodgy. Okay, now I trust you now that I know your secret of why you're dodgy. Yes. Or not, not so much trust him, but understand Wait, why yes, you're dodgy. Yes, but Sam says he doesn't trust people who uh, who aren't evil like him. He only trusts... Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're in an underground gambling ring. All right, that sounds like my kind of fucking thing as well. Come on, show me to the place. I'm, I'm in disguise. His disguise is pretty good. It's pretty I'm great, sure. yeah. Because if you dress like your your stereotypical like Middle Eastern kind of like the 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 long um I forgot what the head thing is called the scarf kind of thing for keeping the heat off and just the the tucked in t shirt he looks a lot it's very slimming his regular outfit yes. but then this one is like the t shirt like he's got well yeah he's got like a fake gut because it's clearly fake later on when they put when they yeah, yeah, when yeah, they yeah, call yeah. him on it it then looks even faker it pulls out and it just looks like a pillow shoved off his jumper. Yeah, it's it's a wonderfully um, poor disguise because obviously it's just his face, but with like a backwards yes. baseball cap, t-shirt, and shorts. Um, it's just like it's good enough. Yeah. Also, he seems to have taken the name of like a, a drummer and a band. Ma- <laughs> Mike Portnoy, his name is is the one he uses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, good stuff. So yeah, he's he's continually doing these bets, and he gets thrown out after the he bets a million dollars because he was betting under a false identity. So then Edinburgh suggests, well, I'm not banned. I could do it. Sip, 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 sip. That was great. There's the constant back and forth between their eyes and him and the noise of him sipping noisily on the cup of tea. You see, it, it was it was the thing of this is animation saving. I get it. But you did have to get the, the actor to like noisily sip tea louder. Um, and I was just like, hmm, that's funny. It's good stuff. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're like, okay, well, we won't. We, you can't keep on betting on the same one because that will be it'll make it look like you're in on it. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, they go and bet on uh, Cayo Bisconte, but they sabotage his plane. So when they bet, he bets two point five million. He loses it all, which is good because he had previously won like about three million off of yes. them. They're just like, ah, that's that's like all the money we brought with us. Uh, we're going to have to fucking nip this in the bud, which is why they kick him out of the underground gambling club and change the parameters, and they get the 2.5 back. Yes. So they're just like, okay, we got our down payment that we can work with. Yeah. Um, and so this yeah. is going to leave Sam with the motivation at the end. He's he's now, he's lost 2.5 million, even though I think, is he... He's, he's he, he not, won a few thousand earlier on. Yeah, so he's, like, I don't think he's... I don't think he's quite in the black... No, no. I think he's, um, like his, he's, his initial bet was like three hundred thousand, and then the second bet was like a yes. million. So, like, he still should have money, but they are trying to ruin him. But they got him yes. fucking hooked. They got it. They got it pulled in now. Um, yeah, great fucking, um, great heisty kind of stuff. I, I think it's because it's all like the uh, you have all like the the high society kind of um, the look of it and everything, and that and the fact that it's an underground casino and everything. It's it's great fun. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, you got him declaring that he's going to get his money back. So that's that's the he's mm. got the now he's going to do something reckless and then gamble far too much money and lose it all. Uh, and then it mm. ends with uh, Abby taking Lewis out to the garden and uh, confronting him. Yeah, uh, pulling a knife, audibly pulling a knife behind him. Um, like he's an interesting character that. He's been portrayed as like a good guy who's kind of an asshole, and obviously he's more wild and bitter now that he can't fucking fly anymore. And the, it, a lot of the shots of him in this, uh, in these episodes are of him like watching the races and doing like the motions with his hands and stepping on the pedals that are not in his wheelchair. But that he's, uh, you can see, he's like, I, I want to be able to do this. Like it, 
for him, like it was like a, a sheer thing of joy. And they've expressed this in a guy who expresses no fucking happiness whatsoever at any stage. <laughs> it's good. Uh, so next week we'll just do episode five. Um, yeah. And yeah, then the, in Fortnite's time, we'll do the first two parts of case three. Mm. And then we've got the other thing from Netflix, which is Godzilla Singular Point, episode three, Tigerish, in which so many Rodans are here. Chasing after radio waves. Delicious, delicious radio waves. Man, like, I always love Rodan, but see, loads of them. That's great. Even better. Um, and slightly smaller and a slightly different character design. Uh, yeah, that, that's okay. That's uh, okay we, to do some variations on yeah, it. Yeah, which, which is adding to the mystery of, like, what's happening to the Rodans to cause them to change shape and size. Were these ones undercooked or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then by the end of the episode, what just caused them all to die instantaneously when it started raining? Yeah, they're, like they're, you have the the general like the news cycle and the scientific debate of they don't have a way of sweating, so they overheat after a certain amount of time. Yeah, I was wondering was their body temperature running too high, and that seemed to be the one with the initial rodan where it's like glowing red and everything. Whereas these guys looked a lot cooler i suppose you'd say mm. yeah um otherwise it's the al two groups of characters well three groups of characters you've got the the guys at the radio station mm. or the listening station are uh they're uh they're discussing like the red sand and there was red sand and the skeleton in the basement because um, mm, there's red sand leaking out of the dead flock of rodents but it's like it, don't worry it's not radioactive everyone and it's like yeah but it's on that giant skeleton we have in the basement um is that bad it seems like it's bad or at least connected yeah. uh we don't get too yes, much yeah. with them do we um not a crazy otherwise point. it's um, mainly we... may and pelops on the train yeah they're stuck on a train um were they were they were they on the way to oh no she was on the way to meet that yes. guy but obviously yeah, with the attack of the Rodans, like they were going to stop at the next station anyway. So uh, she just she spends it nearly the whole episode on that train, yes. which is very funny. <laughs> and the Otaki factory tried to lure the Rodans away from town with the radio waves. Man, is it the guy's name? The old guy's name is Otaki. It, it is, yeah, Goro Otaki. Yeah. yeah, when he when he fucking pulls up in a fucking Cadillac, I was just oh, like, shit, yes. I have to say, I love their color schemes and everything. I'm like, oh, man, it's I'd love tight, one of their man. jackets. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I gotta see if someone's selling that fucking um, that, uh, Jet Jaguar fucking shirt or something like that. Like, even a facsimile of it, because I'm just like, ah, oh, it is, it's a nice sky blue and the red shirt. Yeah, it's almost like a, like a, um, like a eggshell blue. I... Yeah, yeah, you're right, it is a bit lighter. Um, he says because um, he was looking like... up that colour to see <laughs> if I could get clothes in similar colours. Hmm. It, it's a solid fucking look. It's it's one of those things like, and you kind of get it in the end sequence, but like you get it in um when you're one side, it's like, oh, oh no, Roland's attacking. Oh no, I left my laundry. Yes. <laughs> and the the AI kind of going like, I think your laundry's kind of fucked. Like looking at the burning city and stuff. Um, like, and it's like, oh yeah, she changes clothes and everything. And most people do, except for the attacky guys in their uniform. Um, but there's such like nice design sensibilities in this that were just like oh i love the fucking color scheme of this is this yeah. corporation of monster fighters i guess well yeah. that's not what they no. are now but that's what they're doing yeah so yeah uh yeah they hijack one of their robots to go and check the washing uh <laughs> yeah yeah um i uh your one's kind of thing of when she was holding the fort the the goth woman who's um 
I wasn't, it was just like, oh, it's it's probably one of those guys talking through me in the thing. Um, they they spent no time turning that uh, AI into uh, fucking Fujikoma, uh, <laughs> which is very funny to me. I was like, yeah, seen this before, but uh, not that it was unwanted. Um, they also spent no time. Like I thought they'd, they'd t- at least at least hinted it. They didn't quite do it, but they did have those uh, aerials on the side of their um, their uh, oh, crap. What do you call those trikes? I can't think of the name of them. Um, they had them pointing back like the fucking guns on the the anti-Godzilla fucking weapons kind of thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, they're learning the Rodan's radio waves. When are they going to get a radio cannon? That's, that's the next thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they lure them part of the way, but then because of the old man's terrible driving. Uh, well, then there's a bus crashed on the road around the corner. But if he wasn't like, going so fast around that corner, yeah, they wouldn't yeah. have all crashed. <laughs> I think that's probably why the bus crashed as well, to be fair. That's but, true, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, Goro ends up inside the bus with the bus driver and a student going to an archery competition, and the other two mm. lads end up inside. I guess it's a... Well, that thing flipped, actually. I was just yeah. like, ooh, because that's, like that's a nasty thing, but it does have that like shell on the yeah. top of it, so that probably helped. In a, in a rest stop, and... Uh, with the other archery yeah. student, and uh, I think like a tour guide or something? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they oh and and a woman who was on the yeah, bus yeah. and a load of rodans uh show up a load of rodans uh they were attacking the bus now and the radio signal led them here so they're like where's that fucking radio they can't quite find it so they lure them um, away by putting holes in uh pet bottles uh at the right points so that when you fire them on a bow at 60 meters per second they'll make the same wave frequency that's attracting the rodans in the first place what I appreciate about this super science, it's not really super science, but super science adjacent MacGyvering is um, that your man had to run a lot of the calculations on his phone, which was more limited because they didn't have access to the internet. And I was just like, that's nice, actually. Yes. Um, I, I really like that. This is like, okay, I, I, I scanned this bottle for me so we can figure out where to poke the holes in the thing. I was just like, that's good. It, it feels grounded for a thing of people being trapped in a, in a in a um, road stop place uh, by pterodactyls. <laughs> yeah, it's just like very realistic. Mm. Yeah, and I like I, I like I love the pterodactyl movements and general behaviour in this as well. Um, There's definitely a lot of study of like um, uh, birds. Yeah, sure, um, to kind of get those kind of head tilts and like how the, how they look at problems, like smashing open a bus in this case. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do like inside the bus. Garo is convinced, presumably. A better archery student than he would be to let him use the bow and arrow. <laughs> yeah, because she says I can try and fight him off like I'm a fifth dan or whatever, and, and he's probably like, I'm not gonna make a little girl fight. Give me that, yeah. and I'll just pray to Buddha for a second because I'm about to die. <laughs> uh, oh, and then yeah, they all fly off, uh, but they 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 get pursued a little bit as they're heading as they're dragging them away once they get back on the moped, and. Uh, they are saved by... It's more so the Rodans coming yes. towards you than the Rodans chasing after you. You have to worry uh, about By Pelops wrestling one of them uh, with the stolen robot. And even its thing, because it's, it it's, it's remote controlling that robot. It's not feeling the robot's pain. It wasn't programmed to... Um, the, the thing of it going like, eh? Eh? As it's just being ripped apart by Rodans. <laughs> yes. I was just like, it's confusion at being ripped apart it was very funny. Uh, yeah. so then we get like the new sequence, which is a good, which is definitely a good narrative way of like moving the story along. So it's like the, most of the episode is like this small amount of time 
covered in detail, and then you get all you move things along quicker by putting in those brief news segments of like here's flicking through the channels, what's everyone saying yeah, about yeah. the weird thing that happened. Uh, then mm. May gets to her meeting, which is with a freelance journalist who's working for this scientist Lee, who's inviting May to Dubai to essentially be somebody who she could talk to. Yeah, it's it's like a it's not even like a research assistant. It's essentially like a joint yeah. uh, combination thing because one's researching theoretical particles. Yes, I read the start of her thesis because it was up on the screen. I was like, let me pause this a second, see if this fucking makes sense. Yeah, fucking, it yes. seems legit, uh, and that's related to her field of study. So it's just like, yeah, we need to bounce ideas because no one else yes. researches imaginary yes. fucking shit. How do you fly in two dimensions? I was like, ah, oh, cool. What's the uh, uh, space dandy episode? Um, from the same writer. Uh, <laughs> it's obviously like a, a, a little pet, uh, fun thing to think about for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then he gives a present from Lee to May, which is this little uh, see-through cube with a flower inside it. Uh, and I was mm. like, I know I've seen those what? before. And then a character later on has the same thing <laughs> where they're shown. Because they, uh, um, uh, Yun is the guy... Uh, after they get their lunch, and he's like, "I told you we were going to get those lunches two weeks ago." Um, <laughs> like every every everything in the future is is uh, it's already uh, written in stone, but we just haven't found the we haven't yes. solved what it is yet. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the, what he operates on. Uh, and then mm -hmm. he notices that he he goes he figures out who's hacked the uh, the robot. And Considering they use his software to do yes. it, yeah, um, sends them a message, and then they start chatting him and May, and they start talking about the cube. And he says uh, he just gives her a clue about archetypes. Like he says, I've, seen, I've mm. seen those on the internet. I was like, yeah, I've seen them on the internet as well. Like, I can't remember how you make them. Um, it was quite recently, yeah, within like the year, past couple of years. So I assume uh, Toenjo had also seen the same uh, video I had. Um, I've definitely seen ones where it's like uh, it's similar to like dice making kind of things where you're kind of putting it into the mold as you're making it. Um, yeah, no, it, it's it's cool stuff. The one thing that threw me on the, their text chat was I, I expect her like I, I, her, her range of emojis of the little dog thing was great. Um, but I didn't expect your man to use so many emojis. Yes. And I was like, wait, am I reading this chat the right <laughs> way around? <laughs> but apparently he's very emotive in text. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yes, because he's yeah. very uh, stoic otherwise, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we check in on a submarine who's spotting something approaching at following them at exactly, is it exactly the same speed they're going at, I think they say. Hmm. And it, this is like a nice contrast to the opening scene of the, the Air Force reacting to, oh, we got an unknown flying object coming in, and the pilot's just looking out and like, that's a lot of rodents. I'm not <laughs> sure what I can do about that. Yeah, it's moving at 50 knots, uh, even though it seems to be like a living thing, um, which is at, at this depth as well is unusual. Um, I think it's something like that, yeah. It is. And you know what? We've only two of us here. I've forgotten to start recording on Audacity. Uh, there we go. That's all right. We've got, a, we've got the uh, other recordings, so it'll just be... I hope that does not crap itself. It just means there'll be a uh, slightly worse audio at the start of the podcast than after the Godzilla <laughs> review. Uh, there we go. Righty-ho. So, uh, 
Yeah, and then we get the uh, the Godzilla theme. And this monster which is approaching them resembles the Godzilla in the painting. Yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering if like the Rodans we're seeing are like younger proto Rodans and it's gonna be similar with Godzilla, like he'll like he'll grow from a Godzuki into a fucking fully grown Godzilla. I picked the worst baby Godzilla. <laughs> or or the kaiju's time is flowing in the opposite direction to everybody else's. Oh, because it's like theoretical shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would make sense. It's not that the like these the Rodans are maybe like the the seagulls who have appeared at the end of a fucking thing to pick up all the chips and shit on the ground, but they've appeared beforehand because they're doing everything backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Maybe. Well, I'm I'm I half expect. I mean, it's not so much this. It could be is... something completely mad like that. Yeah, yeah I was sure. It's not so much this which is making me think that way as the next show we'll be talking about. <laughs> making me think that way. <laughs> Sure. But um yeah, loving the show fucking looks great. Um like e- even this the sequence that's just them trying to survive getting attacked by uh Rodan pterodactyls uh in a bus stop. Um I was just like this is why I was so disappointed when like when I was younger and Jurassic Park came out and there was no other dinosaur movies besides Jurassic Park. It's like have like a zombie movie but everyone's been attacked by pterodactyls. Fucking do it. Like it that that scene was just like, mm, that's perfect. That, that's exactly the kind of thing I want. Yes, yeah, that that is uh, for sure. I do agree with you there. I'm just checking my levels because I was a little hot there. Dear, oh dear. Yeah. I, I, Niall never reminds me, but somehow without Niall here, I didn't think to check. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I, I give off a less professional vibe, <laughs> I think is the problem. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. We've got three recordings going on, so. We'll be fine. So moving on to the thing which is making me think time is flowing in all sorts of different directions. It's Sunny Boy, episode two, Aliens. Oof. Uh, yeah. This one's um, this one's something. It's, uh, again, are they just going to change the premise every fucking episode? Because I'm fucking down. Or change the setting, not the premise. The, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure whether the setting will, but... Uh, they seem to be suggesting that they're going to hop between yeah, but different they say things. yes, yeah, so yeah. they mentioned that they've found other worlds because our main guy, even if it's not his power, he seems exceptionally well gifted at finding doorways into other worlds from inside the skull. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And but this one they're currently in, which is the island at the end of summer from last episode. Mm. Appears to be the only one which is inhabitable by human beings and cats, and also mm. seagulls. Mm. Uh, yeah, so Nagara could do that, uh, but yeah, the, the the crux of this episode is all about Mizuho's power. Uh, uh, was it Niamazon? That's how. That's the Niamazon. Yeah, uh, this ability to get deliveries of anything she wants including a disney castle we discover that she's living in on the island that's got to be one of those things people kind of like holy shit you see this someone's selling a fucking mansion on fucking ebay and like it's just like yeah i guess you can buy some weird shit on amazon sometimes yeah and there is we learn of drama in the background between her and pony the Mm -hmm. uh the school president or shouldn't be the school yes, president. Yes, <laughs> a suggestion that, that uh, yeah, Mizuho believes that uh, it was Pony and... Uh, is it Hoshi? 
Yeah, uh, if it's not, Hoja, yeah. I don't think it's a character we've seen actually. No, it's the it's the it's the um it's the androgynous character from the first. The one who summoned like the images of everyone dying oh. in the first episode. Sorry, sorry. I thought you meant the guy who she was up against as student council yeah. president. I don't think we've seen that no. character. Yeah, no. yeah. But uh, um, yeah, it seems to be those that pair consorting yeah. to uh, fix the election because it was a landslide loss for her. Um, but the numbers went to like oh, just barely one. What do you know? That's weird. Um. And obviously you had someone talking shit about her online and they used their resources poorly to find out who that was. It was our girl who had the Nyamazon power. Um, and trying to confront her and go like, retract your statements and apologize. She's like, fuck you, I don't have to do jack shit. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, there's also a suggestion that maybe she was like engaged to one of her teachers like either engaged or definitely fucking like in love with slash fancy. Yeah, yeah. Because she, yeah, she's hanging around with one of the teachers. They and they make the teacher disappear, and she's constantly mm. like feeling the ring she's wearing. Because uh, it was, I, I should have went back and watched that. Is like she wearing a ring in the in the flashback, or has she just like ordered a, his ring on Amazon so she can feel like a connection? Yeah, maybe. But it doesn't mm. doesn't really go into those details. It's more like no, the, no. Here's the. Here's the antagonists uh, to Mizuho. And so when items just keep on catching fire on the island... Uh, items that she has ordered yes, from Amazon. They're like, oh, um, she's making them catch fire. And this is this rumour kicks off because people don't listen to Nagara. Because I would say, because Nagara is not very assertive. And so therefore, whatever yeah. he says, people just hear what they want to hear rather than what he's actually saying. Yeah, because the initial girl is kind of like, it's there to say something to her, and then it's like, oh, she's not in. It's like, oh, I've always wanted this perfume. She doesn't need this shit. She can just order more. And just like robbing stuff, and that seems to, like, her watching her do this, rob her stuff that she's ordered. Um, It seems like, yeah, she would set that on fire as revenge. Even us as the audience were kind of thinking, it's like, yeah, no, fuck these guys fucking taking advantage of her ability and... Uh, taking her for granted kind of thing but uh his thing of like i saw her standing in the woods looking at a burning tree um and his friend kind of goes like yeah he said she burned a tree with her fucking mind man <laughs> and i was just like no i didn't say that actually it's like yeah she just was staring at it and he was like whoa and i was like whoa it was just, yeah it was you need to assert yourself a little more especially when people are accusing um the people in your class of magical arson yeah, and there's like a little bit of subplot with him and uh, Nozomi about him ignoring birds when they're hurt. Again, that's the assertive thing where he, like on that first day of school, he watched a a bird. Um, well, it was, it's like there was a bird like dead at the school. Yeah, or died it looked like he'd just been hit by a car. Probably yeah. something like that, yeah. And he was just kind of like looked at the cheap and she and saw her and was like, "Okay, I got to go to school." I was in a rush, and also there was a seagull in their in their weird world uh, that hit the window. Yeah, and it's like there's nothing we can do about it, so you know, wh- why bother? Um, but that kind of has the payoff of uh, her one of her missing. She only has three cats, is it? Yes, because I think that's the cats. other thing from her point of view. You get the feeling like she suspects somebody's done something to her cat. Yeah, that's in retribution. Right. Mm. Um, mm. But luckily for everybody, we have uh, Rajdani here, the one sensible person on the island, who's like, okay, mm. I think there's a rules. There was rules in the last world we were in. There's rules in this world. Time was flowing 
in various different ways. Things get reset after time flows differently in the school to on the island. Uh, Which is why, like, we can keep like plugging in extension cords to the school and just keep running its power because it has infinite power. It supplies yeah. regenerate. If we break some of the school, it fixes itself. That doesn't happen on the island, yeah. so it's different rules depending on um, the thing. Yeah. yeah, so he's trying to explain it, but then all of a sudden, like, money starts falling from the sky and sets the entire island on fire. <laughs> and they all have to, well, not really evacuate. They just kind of go, like, waist deep yes. into the ocean. Um, which is like, yeah, that's you're not going to get on fire in the ocean. The the thing about the fire, though, and it's, uh, in his experiments, um, if you give someone a thing without like expecting anything in return, if you give someone a thing as a present, like or just like, yeah, here, take it, whatever, it sets it's it's flammable. But this blue fire, it feels hot, but it doesn't actually burn you. It yeah. only burns the object. Yeah. Um, and what? Why did the Game Boy survive? Because that was. Because it was an exchange, yeah. So basically, any yeah. items, and it doesn't have to be things she's produced either. It's anything. Yes, because he takes that guy's them. glasses and they get set on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and your man's just like, "What the fuck, dude? I need." Them. But he's already worked that the other thing out by that point when they're doing the full explanation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so a- anything exchange, every anything given to somebody has to be a exchange in terms of or services yeah. or yeah. other goods. And so he invents a, a cryptocurrency for them to use so that their shit doesn't set on fire. Yes. Just, okay, as cryptocurrencies go, I'm okay with that one. Hmm. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, so that, that that's so everyone has to apologize to Mizuho. And she says, I didn't say it wasn't my, except the money. I did make all the money in order to set the island on fire. And then she wanders off in my favorite bit of anime. But I'm not apologizing for everything else, but her stomping. Yeah, stomping is so funny. <laughs> Like as if like initially she seems standoffish, but I just kept liking her character yeah. more and more throughout the episode. Um, because she's just like she's just a teen, yes, basically. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, like everybody else except maybe Hoshi, because there's that one weird bit which I didn't notice it in the first episode because it's framed differently in the first episode. But there's yeah. one bit when the first lecture that Rajdani's giving about the time flow and the different universes is you hear a question voiced by a much older man. God, that was weird. Yeah, yeah. And when he turns around, it's that guy talking. Yeah. I was like, okay, mm, did you wish to be a teenager? Is that your ability uh, or something? And that you, yeah. Yeah, someone pointed out on uh, the my anime, anime list forums because that's where I had to go <laughs> if I wanted to like immediately freak out about it. I didn't want to spoil it for anybody <laughs> on Twitter, but I needed to immediately yeah, freak that's out. The um, mm. Yeah, they pointed out that same voice was heard just before the illusion everyone had of everybody dying. When that Grim Reaper appeared, that same voice was heard. Mm. So I think it's definitely something to do with Hoshi's power, which apparently is called Hope, according to the website. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Um, Yeah, but uh, quite what the voice comes through as well, I don't know. Uh, Mm. And I think the very last thing we learn is that uh, Nozomi's power is Compass, and she knows the way out of here. But it's like way off she knows, over like, there. like what feels like the right direction towards Earth, yes. basically. Um, so it's like I, I, I was so fucking close. I could, I felt like I could grab it. That's why I did the jump. Didn't work. We're further away now, and I know that for yeah. sure. But it's over yeah, off in yeah. that direction. So mm. uh, there's also what's there's some other really good fun things with is it uh, Asakaze? His power outside of the school in this world seems like. 
even more powerful than it was before. It seems like massive telekinesis. Yeah, is that the that's the one where it kind of shatters reality? Yeah, is it? yeah. Because he's using that to travel distances, yeah. and they're like, "Hey, did you find that?" Like, no, it's endless ocean in every direction. And I was like, "Where are you fucking been, bro?" Uh, and they also discovered the island yeah. resets in the morning, so all yeah, the destruction yeah. and the birds better again as well. Hmm. Um, in fact, there's more than one bird by the end of the episode. Uh, so it's like, where are all these seagulls coming from? Mm-hmm. Uh, presumably the cat's better uh, yeah and so Mizuho gives uh, Nagara a hat which does not catch on fire so presumably returning her cat to her is sufficient for the island's rules means that she owes yeah. him basically yeah. yeah so I'm wondering how much this going forward is like something happens it's a rule of the world we're in either this one or another one if they go into a different one uh, and we have to spend the episode figuring out what the rule is because if that is what it is, I'm fine with that. <laughs> That's yeah, no, it's it's I'm fine with that. Like it, it has enough little fun jokes in, it has enough. Um, again, it's just still gorgeous looking visually. Um, and I'm I'm liking the characters more. Like again, this this kind of focused in on our uh, ordering from Amazon character and gave her like enough depth and interesting kind of things. Where it's like, yeah, I yeah. kind of get where you're coming. And you got a few more of the other school kids who you've not seen in the previous episode yeah, uh, not yeah, necessarily yeah. getting characterizations yet but it's like oh here's a few more faces that we'll see mm. yeah it's um yeah it's a uh, fantastic fantastic show mm. uh then we've got i sushima episode four in which sushima sneezes when a dandelion catches his nose <laughs> And Oji sounds like, oh no, he's terribly ill. Let's take him to the vet. Overprotective pet uh, owner. Yes. Yeah, you know how it is. Uh, mm. He did not like going to the vet, and so he leaves home again. But then, I don't need that Oji-chan, and then starts remembering all the delicious food that Oji-chan gives him. It's like, why was I even there? Oh, the delicious food, and the, the belly scratches, and I was like, okay, I should, I should yes. probably go back then. <laughs> Uh, and so he's refused to go to the vet ever again. So the vet has to now come and visit him. And the vet has got a eye patch over his eye, which I presume I watched it the second time. I watched it the second time, and I was like, "Oh, was the scream we heard not Tsushima, but the vet being attacked by Tsushima?" Could could very easily have been. I mean, I get that kind of fucking line of work as well. But when he when he grabbed him by the lapel, yes. and started shaking him, was like, "Oh, you bastard! What have you done to me?" That was pretty great. Yes, because yeah. the vet was there to ease his constipation, presumably from over, overindulging all that food again. Uh, yeah. Yeah, then, yeah, whacks a chan around the face and grabs the vet by the co- collar. Uh, uh, God. And then has to run to the litter and, tray. Yeah, he's just like, hey, you fucking stay there. I, you poke me in the bum and now I have to poop. You stay there and I'll fucking come to you when I'm done. The vet's like, I'm just going to go. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to go. I'm going to head out. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you. Um, just funny fucking shit. It is. Yeah. It, yeah. And obviously the voices make a huge part of it. And Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, they are some of the best. Mm-hmm. Then we've got Dragon Quest, The Adventures of Die, Episode 41, The Strongest Sword. How strong is it? Well, it's really strong. But, hey, <laughs> Mr. Vern... My sword thinks you ain't worth shit. It's not going to come out of his sheath for you. 
Yeah, and it, the way he plays it like a little kid, saying it's like, yeah, fuck you. Just like, my, I'm trying to make my sword, like, because Bisford doesn't have a fucking clue that he's got a cool magic sword, but um, it's just like a, a childish way of taking the piss out of him, and it fucking works. It, it really rises his... Uh, yeah, because I was like, I had because the great thing was I had that thought because he flies in after like ten minutes of talking about the sword at the start of the episode. He flies in, breaks the spell that Misfed's got everyone trapped in because uh, mm. Uncle hasn't quite mani- mastered the Avon air technique. Uh, mm. So while he looked like he was going to break out of it last week, he did not manage. And then yeah, Die comes in, breaks it. And then it cuts to him standing on the building, and he hasn't even pulled the sword yet. He's still using his dagger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what an insult. He's not even using yes. the new equipment. Yeah. Uh, and then they ask him about it, and yeah, he's like, ah, my sword doesn't think you're worth fighting you with. Um, mm. But that's fine, because there is something that he's going to have to use that sword on. It'd be that giant walking castle that's off to kill all the world leaders. So they're like, even though we've fucked up up to this point, die, we'll take care of Miss Vern. You go kill that giant castle that's walking around. I mean, like, none of us can do that for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, being piloted by a shadow. <laughs> yeah, that shadow's having a great time. That's that's re- really quite the promotion. Mm. It is. So, yeah, he lands in front of uh, the window of the meeting room where everyone's deciding how they're going to fight back against the Dark Army. And uh, the sword just waits to the last minute to release itself because it's got a lock. It will only come out its sheath when it has an enemy worth fighting, uh, mm-hmm. or it is time, or it dies in the right. Con- I think it may. It's it, no, it's more like die. It wouldn't come out because die didn't think Mestvern was worth pulling because it's he listening to die's soul rather than the situation. Yeah, um, and and that kind of fits die as well. Who like. Wants to use the sword not to kill his father, but to defeat him and convince him that yeah. his way is wrong. So it's it's basically like not a pacifist sword, but a sword who's like only fucking escalate when necessary. Yes. Basically, yeah. uh, one swing of the sword takes an entire arm off. Like it carves the arm in yes. two, and half it falls off, and it's just like oh god. Yeah, and dies <laughs> yeah, like just... wow. I didn't even use any of my power. <laughs> so that was just a normal sword swing. That wasn't even like a style of sword swing. I was just like, woof. Uh, yeah. And he's like, uh, dragon eyes. And yeah, it could now, his his dragon powers could now flow out of his body along the sword. And I was like, mm. man, this is uh, Picker versus Zorro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought that was so cool, but I didn't realize it was a fucking... It's a reference. Yeah, it's a reference. Ah, great stuff. Yeah. Uh, except for, like, uh, Zorro. Dai could actually get inside this castle, man. And uh... oh, That was so... Like, again, to use the CG, that was so fucking cool. Him just flying through and everyone just going like, ah, fuck. Yeah, it's like, if, I, if people are worried about it, this new Dragon, po- Dragon Ball possibly being all CG, I'm like, you got to be watching Dragon Quest Adventure and die. Yeah, if you know what you're doing, it's fucking amazing yes. to use. Uh, mm. And I'm sure they've spent, I don't know, three, four years uh, working on that Dragon Ball film, so uh, I'm sure it'll look splendid. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, and then the, we're left with her uncle and uh, Mist Vern at the end, uh, mm. where her uncle's, yeah, Mist Vern comments are like, oh, he's getting dangerously close to be able to use that air technique. Uh, and also... 
her uncle's like planning on unmasking Mr. Verne to humiliate him further. He managed to nick his yeah. mask at one point, and you can see there is a face underneath there. He's not just a uh, possessed armor or a shadow or something. Yeah, there's a guy. Oh, and Kilvert shows up right at the end as well. Of course. What's he doing there? Having a laugh, probably. Yeah. You know how he is. Well, according to the preview, he's there to annoy Pop for some reason. <laughs> we got to focus back on Pop, the coolest character. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was a bit where I feel like they must be recording the audio in two different studios because there was a week, couple of weeks ago where Pop sounded different. Like he had a different room sound to where he was. And in this episode, the guy mm. playing Pop's dad sounded like he was in a, had a different room tone to everybody else. Yeah, I was wondering. I thought that was a performance, like or uh, editing choice. But yeah, you could be right. It might be just the <laughs> where you can possibly record fucking choice. Yeah, mm. uh, that that could be it. Because it's just like you've you've got all you got the um, can never remember the sword maker's name. Because um, he's got oh, blasted. They keep saying he's got two part yeah, names. Yeah. I can't remember. I, I can only remember people who've only got one name. Uh, <laughs> I can only remember superhero names. Now. Yeah, so it's him, Die, and uh, Pop's dad. And it's like, oh, him and Die, there's definitely one room tone in their voices. And I was like, oh, the mm-hmm. dad's got that room tone, which Pop's voice had a few episodes ago, where I was almost like, is it a different guy playing Pop? But now and I was like, I looked up, it wasn't. So I think it might just be the room tone thing. Not as glaringly obvious okay. as, say, um, Olympia Kaikloss, where... You've got every- yeah, yeah. Someone's recording by the phone. <laughs> yeah, everyone clearly in entirely <laughs> different rooms. Why is that small child on the phone? Even though he's standing there. Uh, yeah, but uh, it's, it's the seventies. What are you going to do? Exactly. Um, yeah, it's die. It's a lot of fun. Uh, can't wait to see what comes next. Mm. I guess. Yeah, yeah. What What is Kilvern up to? I, again, on the on the One Piece references and stuff, like it's it's shocking how much. I've seen other shonen things like reference fucking this. I know. <laughs> but I'm only seeing it now. It's and it's still really enjoyable now. Like, um if if you're into shonen things, it like it it will absolutely be um up your wheelhouse because it's like every other fucking shonen thing is like riffing on it. <laughs> yeah, and it hey, it got me to play hundred and thirty hours so far of Dragon Quest eleven. <laughs> ah, that's that's the quality of the game though as well, that little addictive fucking That is true. Building. That is Particularly, yeah, that game. It's it's a very good mm. game. I'm pleased that was my first Dragon Quest. Um, mm-hmm. But then again, maybe I'll be disappointed by every other Dragon Quest subsequent. Yeah, because that's been built on so many other mechanics yeah. that it'll be less each time. Could be. Uh, right here then, we've got, finally, Welcome to Demon School, Arumacon, Episode 15, Magical Beasts Attack. Uh, in which the magical beasts attack, and our focus is mainly on the Caligo group. And uh, where yeah. Caligo's like, Well, I wasn't having fun before now, but look, now I'm having fun. And I always put my students first, so it's now a learning opportunity for you four to show me what you've learned over the previous year to defeat that magical beast. And as they all mention, it's like, Okay, we've all been taught, like, the basic magics and like defensive magics. Only one of us has a family fucking line thing that has an attack magic. We're screwed. We're super screwed. <laughs> and it is like it. It's like a bull man on top, and then um, yeah, I can't remember what that was was called. I can't remember what was 
Uh, yeah. It's blue or something or other. It doesn't reflect its name. It's like Panther Mouse yeah. or something, or Panther Rat, or I can't remember. But uh, Yeah, yeah. And uh, was it like something like Carmine Dragon, I think? Yeah, like a specific thing of dragon. That sounds right. Mm. Yeah, but the other one was like blue something or other. It was, uh, mm-hmm. but that's the one they're going to fight. Uh, yeah, big muscly bull man. Mm. Yeah, and it's a lot of, uh, okay, we let's explain all our powers. Uh, well, we know Jax is uh, nicking stuff. Is it Jack? I'm thinking his name wrong. Uh, uh, wait, he's Jazz. Jazz, that's it. Yes, Jazz. Yeah. I don't know yeah. why I want to call him Jack. Uh, jazz. <laughs> Yeah, Jazz is nicking stuff. Going on, he can create an air sword that he can control and do whatever he likes with it. Seems very vague. I'm sure that'll come in useful. <laughs> uh, Camwee's is friendship, which allows him to speak the language of any creature. So he understands why the bull seems frustrated and can translate that. Yes. That's going to be very useful, I guess. And uh, what's the other kid's name? Shax. Yeah, he can take away... A sense, sense, yeah. Um, his eyes go black, and then your eyes will go black. But the problem with this bull is it has six eyes, so he's like, I can take like two. Is that <laughs> <laughs> will that all be okay? Um, just enough to confuse it, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they try one thing, and all they do is manage to make it angrier by combining all their powers. Uh, uh, and then the th- the other three are trying to push Jazz out in front because he's the he's the leader because he's got the highest rank, and Jazz is annoyed at first. But this plays yeah. on a deep rooted brother complex he's got. Yeah, yeah, because they're all going like, "Hey, big bro, you'll be the boss!" Like, come on, we all look up to you because you're much higher rank than us. One higher rank than, and it's just like because he's big brother. His family is like based on merit, isn't it? Yeah, it's basically so if anyone nicks something off you, it's your fault for letting it be nicked off you, not the person's fault for yeah. nicking it off you. So his brother's always being a massive fucking dick, and uh, he wishes he was like, if I was a big brother, I wouldn't be a dick. <laughs> yes. So all of these guys looking up to him has made him go like, oh, I do want to, I do want to live up to their expectations of him, but in their internal monologues, like, I don't fucking want to be in front. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, they're just uh, terrible yeah. people manipulating him. Uh, and then, but then yeah, right at the end yeah. of the episode, Kalego comes along and says, what's that thing around your neck, Jets? Is it just for show? And he's got like a three-hole whistle type thing he's been wearing yeah. around his neck. And he's like, ah, oh, we may have a chance. Uh, but meanwhile, elsewhere, uh, Agare so- saves uh, the Balam group mm. because when he's touching the ground, he was able to sense that there was like three areas of the park which were gathering mana. Gathering heat yes. like a nest. Like a nest, basically. yeah. This is just before yeah. the eggs break open. Uh, and so as mm-hmm. they break open, because he's still on the ground, he protects the ball by turning the floor into walls. Hmm. Uh, um, and uh, Aruma sees a bunch of like the, the nature of demons, where there's like a little kid crying, everyone's like, well, nothing I can do about it. Um, because demons are inherently like selfish. Yes, I think that's it. They're concerned with their own pleasure. And in this case, it's like, let's evacuate the park and make sure we don't fucking die rather than help poor lost child. Um, which is very different from it. So Aruma is feeling a rage. Yes, this is a strange new emotion to him that he, he's mad. <laughs> uh, we, I think we briefly see our opera's group when they see the monster that's in their area, but nothing else from hmm. them really this episode. 
not not too much for them. The other thing we get is the the prison break uh, part. Yes, um, where we're promised like a guy who's like something the handshake. Triton the handshaker. Yeah, it's like oh, this guy sounds really cool, and it was like no, he's been immediately defeated by the tiny dandy. <laughs> Uh, he has some fucking cool line where it's just like, you know, your man's like, oh, can someone so small defeat me? And he's like, I'm aware of my own size and strength. Thank you very much or something. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like cool guy line, basically, as he's crushing this a giant handed regular sized man in his tiny, tiny grip. Yes, because he's, he's griffing him by the palms, which. Yeah, so he's just like yeah. crushing it. And it's making crunching noises like that's not good. <laughs> like a little vice, basically. <laughs> Yeah. So a super strong dandy, okay, who is like six inches tall. Okay, I'm I'm down for this now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Uruba's bad. They've destroyed the park, they've destroyed his fun day out, that these de- mm. demons aren't willing to go and risk themselves to save a kid. Mm. Um, so he's gonna have to do something. He's gonna have to show him how it's done. And uh, mm. by the looks of the preview, that thing is dressing up like an idol and putting on a concert. <laughs> Yes. Um, fucking, man, this show. I hope that is the fucking case of this. Because um, it's like, I'll, instead of like fighting the bad guy, a la your regular show and thing, it's like, I'll bring them joy with Idol Group. Um, like Zombieland Saga or something yes. like that. That will solve this natural disaster. <laughs> Which I'm like, I love that kind of cartoon logic. It's yes, because it looks like the ass kicking next episode will be Opera and Amory doing the ass kicking. Hmm. Uh, they they go they do the back to back thing. I'm looking forward to that. That looks rad as shit. Yeah, cat and fox. I guess she's supposed to be a fox. I mean, oh, she should be a goat yeah. if she's an azazel. Uh, but I thought she was a cat as well. But that that makes more yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. I always got the fox impression from particularly from a dad it's more the than hair, her. I think. Yeah, yeah. But if if they're azazels, the they should. She has like yeah. a multiple tail hair. Yeah. But azazel's supposed to be like the scapegoat, isn't it? So really, they should yeah. be goats. But I suspect. It probably doesn't really matter. Just a cool yeah. demon yeah. name, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess Alice is missing all the fun being off at that uh, academic conference. Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> that's just a great turn. But there's lots of good. This is this definitely an episode where they've like uh, they've saved on animation time in various spots. But there's still some yeah, very sure. good faces, particularly Camwe's face. I did like that Camwe was willing to die, but if he's going to die, he wants to die in the arms of a woman. Uh, yeah. He, I mean, like, he's a creep, but at least he has some yes. moral standards. Yes, he was the, yeah. the other two were not willing to die. <laughs> no, no, just not willing to put themselves on the line of fire. Yeah, no. and it was like funny seeing uh, Gobon's eyes. Because normally <laughs> his cute eyes, yeah. yeah, to try and convince them, yeah. Because <laughs> normally we don't see his eyes at all; they're just those uh, two lines of stoic swordsmanship. Um, does he? Does his eyes show up on the ending bit where it was? Um, it was your girl in silhouette, and then it turns into him instead, being read manga by a rumor. I can't um, the, uh, the yeah, the Sukuba this yeah. week was uh, Aiko and Alice. Forming a bond in their love of Aruba. Oh, because he's he's posting on Demon Twitter yes. about what Aruma's wearing, and she's responding to all his things because she's found another fan yes. of Aruma, which is true. Like they're both his biggest fans, so yeah, that yeah. works. Yeah, um... yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it was a lot of fun. Anyway, looking forward to next week. I do like this art because we this like I say this episode was mainly spent with people who aren't our main three characters. 
Yeah, and it didn't feel like the the standard thing of where's the room at. It's like no, even his section was great, but like we could we could spend plenty of time with the other guys and not miss him. Basically, we're still having a good time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's nicely filling out the cast in a way that the first season definitely lacked. <laughs> no, absolutely did not. <laughs> <laughs> I like like besides the kind of like a bit dragon and bit uh the end arc in that like that's basically the main flaw of it like we're kind of like focused on our main characters not so much their our side ones our side ones are barely fucking introduced by name basically yeah, yeah. righty that is it for ne- this week next week even less uh unless we no we won't it doesn't start yet i don't think uh i think is it the ninth i think Sha- uh, shaman king is on netflix Oh, it's definitely sure. it's definitely in the coming soon part of uh, Netflix hmm. when I look at it. Uh, I guess I could just look at it now. Uh, otherwise, we'll be back here on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I think we're far back. We'll have to double check. I don't know yeah. how much is in demand uh, due to the sports. How many Olympics could there be? Uh, <laughs> well, I noticed that a lot of Twitter is like, where are the Olympics? Where are this the event? This event? Well, it's all on uh, the thing that Niall looks after, not on the usual places. Yeah, yeah. Um, like Shan's watching it now, and it's just like it's it's really awkward to figure out schedules and that. I've found <laughs> it's just like when is this on? I have no fucking clue when I'm looking at the schedule. <laughs> uh, coming uh, next week, Shaman King. Yeah, ninth of August. It will be on. I presumably both American and UK, and probably probably every other country as well, apart from Japan, which has already yeah. got it. Because um, that tends to be, they tend to roll out most of the languages in one go, don't they, on Netflix? Quite often yeah, with yeah. dubs in all those languages too. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I get doing the subs at all the same time, but doing the dubs at all the same time must be really fucking awkward. But maybe it's more difficult for them to re-upload it in a different language. Mm. I don't know. Anyway... Regardless of Niles be here or not, we too shall be here next Tuesday mm-hmm. with more of the same. See you then. Goodbye. Bye. Right, let me stop the recording. <laughs>